Abhyodhyay. You have graced me with breath to walk a new day. Guide my steps, Father God. Bless whatever scriptures that I share, Father, from your treasure house, whatever word comes from your treasure house, that you would richly bless my brothers and sisters and for those that have not made a decision yet. The word is there. The truth is there. You can be an adopted child into the kingdom of heaven, an heir, a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. And be brothers and sisters together with us it's not difficult. You can do it on your own at home. You can do it with a trusted person to pray with you or at church. Abba Yahweh, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for their heart's desire to come and for the opportunity to share your word, your truth, your knowledge and wisdom. Abba Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Paraklitos Aman. So it is indeed a very simple thing. All you have to do is find you a quiet place so that you can spend time thinking about God and what you're doing without distraction because the enemy will send his minions and there's always a distraction, something to take you away. This is why you have to kind of separate yourself, step aside, get away from things, and if need be, get away from individuals. If you have a nice garden, go find a corner spot in the garden. Pretty hot out there though right now. So that would be a distraction. Find you someplace. Someplace that you and God can abide. Abide together. Your thoughts on him and his thoughts are always on you. Trust me in this. I speak his truth. Always watchful. Never sleeping, never slumbering. His desire is that you would choose to be his. To come home, reside with him. <clears throat> Your loved ones that may have gone on before. And I say may because I didn't know what their heart was. But here's the important thing, too, is that, um, as Claire shared, what a great message. Man, she spoke powerful, great. She shared her vulnerability. <laughs> She's kind of a funny person. No, she isn't. She's a funny person. She is. But she's, um, she speaks truth, his truth. Not her truth, not made up truth. His truth, word of God. I, I love, love my church because when the pastor is in the mission field or has his uh, seminars, he has a great leadership. Wow, very powerful. So anyway, thank you, Claire. And her message was our community and that we are, should be, 
in community and to commune with him, our Lord God, Hashem, our Lord God, and others communing, not just walking by and saying hi and giving them a smile and a, a wave or a tip of the hat or whatever. That's not communing. Communing is to spend time to commune. This is why they, back in the, uh, what we called the hippie days, back in the days when I was younger, they had these locations called communes. Some of them were mm, a little sketchy, but for the most part, they had the right idea. But they all lived in the same, these little villages that were established. Communes, you come in there and everyone pitched in for everything. They grew their own food. This is where the uh, Yabadabas, the uh, money makers and all the money grubbers and all those guys got the idea of organics because in these commune farms, they didn't use a pest. They couldn't afford them, first of all, but they didn't use the pesticides and they found that uh, natural ways to keep pests and bugs away. And that's what they did. And all the food was really good. And they had these little market areas where they would set up and, and sell their wares so that they could have money to pay for the things that they needed to pay for, electricity and such. But that was a commune because they were all together. They were like-minded and they all moved together to that one purpose, just to take care of one another. And then, uh, pardon my French vernacular, but that all went to hell. Why did it go to hell? Because people started listening to that white noise interference. It came more from Satan and started uh, listening to uh, the label makers. <laughs> and uh, I get this visual Claire was sharing about labels. And that people put these on themselves or others put them on. But for, before we get into that, that uh, we're going back into the community and that we we need to be in commune, commune, communing with our Lord God, communing with one another, being of one mind, one spirit, one focus, and that's to lift one another up, pray one for another, and get us through this broken world that God talks about and has told us about, has taught us about, and get us to our heavenly home. That's what we need to be. That's what we need to be focusing about. And we need to be attentive to each other, uplifting, praying one for another, not 
abiding through these despicable actions that are put on by the label makers. Now, here's the question that, that she brought up. Are the labels helpful or are they destructive? And brothers and sisters, I'm going to share this with you from my perspective. It depends on how tuned in you are to the white noise. That white noise is a danger, fringe interference that comes from hell. It comes from Satan and it comes from the minions that work for him. Do you heed what you hear being said on the fringe about those that labels have been attached to? And you've heard my phrase that I coined about those that make believe, and I think it's very applicable, the label heads. Why do I call them that? And are they allowing that to be the truth? Or do they dispel that? Well, from what I have seen and what I observe is that they tend to live that way. They, for some reason, they think that being labeled as a Christian somehow gets them better attention. I'm not exactly sure what planet they're walking around on, but um, there are so many, and see, they're not using their logic and reasoning and paying attention to things. But here's the thing. The most important thing is that we still must pray one for another, uplift each other, help one another, abiding in God, following his footsteps and his truth and his word and his ways. They are higher than our ways. So, let me... Go, where is this? Um, this is an important word, I believe, that is important. God believes it, otherwise he wouldn't have me sharing it with you through the Holy Spirit. So this is an important word, very important. And... I think we really need to pay attention to stuff goes on because this is happening today, happened then, it's happening today. And again, I rebuke any of those that say that we need to rewrite the Bible and the Bible is not up to date because it's a different time and a different era, except that if you open your eyes, you open your eyes and you open your ears and you lean in with spiritual hearing, you will hear the truth. And that truth is that the Bible is as relevant today as it was when it was written. Listen to this word. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink. 
which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble and the flame consumeth the shaft, so their root shall be as rottenness and their blossom shall go up as dust because they have cast away the law of the Lord of the hosts and despise the word of the Holy One of Israel. What does that translate to? That translates to those that are convincing others or attempting to convince others, and they're putting labels on things. They're attaching the labels. Oh, that's not bad. That's, that's actually good. See, that's not hurting anybody. So you go ahead and you do that. Except the fact is that they don't know that. They don't know what it's doing to somebody emotionally or what it's doing to somebody internally. They don't see a bruise appearing on their skin. They don't see a bruise appearing on their face. So it's okay because it didn't hurt them. You don't know anything. What was that commercial that used to come out? You don't know Bo. We used to say you don't know Jack. Jack of all trades, Jack of all things was around and knew things, but individuals that didn't know him, or then there was this thing came out, because what's that guy's name, his sports guy, he, he was involved in all sorts of sports, and he could do all of the sports, but anyway, the big thing came out, you don't know Bo, so you didn't know about this stuff. Well, it's the same thing with these label makers and those going on. They're trying to say, oh, it's okay if you do that. You didn't hurt anybody, so it's it's a good thing. No, it's not. It's an evil thing. It's a wicked thing. It's a bad thing, and you shouldn't have done it. And you shouldn't be doing it. You shouldn't practice it. All these things that they try to tell you. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. They put the darkness in the light, so they're trying to testify that all these things that are actually opposites it's okay. No, it's not okay. They're teaching falsely. And they are some of the ones that put those labels on people. They label individuals. Here's this despicable individual and they're, they're doing, oh my gosh. Politicians are really, really good at this. And then of course, they're individuals that have their multi-millions of dollars and they try to persuade the politicians to do go along with their ideas in producing this. And the politicians have become so adept at attaching labels to individuals. I mean, you have parents. When I was younger... We had things called PTA meetings, Parent Teachers Association. And the parents would get together. And um, i trying to remember back. You could, and, and the parents could call and have, ask for um, an appointment with a teacher at any time, any time, any time. And I think they had, um, I'm trying to remember back. Not a kid anymore, so I'm trying to remember. So I think that the PTA meetings were once a week or once a month where all the parents got together. And then once a quarter, it was just the adults, just the parents and the teachers. And the kids didn't go to those meetings. But in the other ones, the kids could go. 
if they wanted to hear what the parents were talking about and they wanted to spy on the teachers. <laughs> but now they're trying to attach labels and government has got their little agency that has followed this because they're trying to propagandize information out to individuals and our school system is in deplorable condition. All you have to do is open your eyes to truth and open your ears to truth. And those things that are being said, if you are being wise and prudent in your education of your children, you're really caring for your children, you will take them away from this thing that is going on. And I'm telling you this because there is one's agenda that is much deeper than what you think it is. And the derisiveness that is being pushed and pandered on here is to separate us, not only from each other, but away from God Almighty, to turn away from him. There is no answer. There is no truth. There is no wisdom. There is, you know, get your children and teach them this and teach them that. Well, wait a second. Why do you suppose that's taking place? Why do you suppose that that is happening? Why do you suppose that our children are a primary target for harm and even death into these abortions that are going on? You think that I'm talking something that I've made up? It's not. Why do you suppose that children are such a primary target? Well, because the children are favored of the Lord our God. Children are not born sinful. They are born into a sinful world and they are taught sin and disrespect. And they're taught these things by older children or by adults. But they are born without guile. They know truth. They will speak the truth. They want to hear the truth and they want to hear these things. But the older generations that have turned away from truth and knowledge and wisdom have turned toward the darkness. They are teaching these youngsters that walk. That's unfortunate. But the children are favored of God. And remember what Jesus told us. Lest you become as a child, you shall not see the kingdom of heaven. That means to have open trust. Believe that God is good, good father. And that what he says is true. And what he gives is righteous awesome gifts, blessings. That's what they do. And then what they have done is they have attached a label to these parents that love and care for their children and want to nurture them through truth. And they have decided that now they're going to call them domestic terrorists. Excuse me for speaking the truth and being concerned about your child's upbringing and the teaching that these individuals that have gone in line and are entwined with this despicable attitude and agenda, that somehow they know better than the parent or parents of these children, and that parents that speak up to defend their children are now going to be labeled as domestic terrorists and make them an enemy of the state, and that they can be arrested for caring for the children. The children can be taken away from their parents. Satan is really working hard on this, brothers and sisters. He's working hard on it. What this tells me is that the time is drawing. 
waxing near to the time when we will hear the trumpet and the heavens will split and the glory of the lion of the tribe of Judah will be here and the hosts of heaven proclaiming his holiness, his truth, and his might and his justice. It is coming near, and here's the other thing that you have to remember. Is that through Jesus Christ, any of these, any of these despicable labels that are attached or people are trying to attach to you, I am a share this real quickly. I'm not going to get off and don't want to get into a platform. But there's an individual, unfortunately, that I well, fortunately, I don't have to be continually around. And as the Word of God says, I choose to not be. And when he comes near, I walk away. There is no. The spirit is is leads me to this because there's no discussion, there's no time. I mean, and the person is very disrespectful, disreputable, and just um, and comes up and what he does is he plays at being in a group. He likes it better when there's a whole group of people around because it it gains him attention all this, and then he pretends to ask, and he he targets individuals. He's targeted me a couple times, and that's okay. I got broad shoulders, the big back. I'm a strong guy. And it just showed him for what he is. More truth. And then he tries to portray it as being some kind of a... It's a way that he can slam me personally without, you know, just coming out. And, you know, because he's... uh, When you have individuals like that, they're cowardly. They're afraid of saying something that might get somebody upset enough to strike at him and and uh, which I'm not going to do anyway because I already know where he comes from the discernment the discernment from the holy spirit has shown me what his spirit is like and I walk away I don't even want to be around the guy he's really eaten up with this stuff I pray over him and I do I pray over him I pray for him that, and he can repent but he's just really really caught up in this and uh it's an unfortunate thing it is but I pray for him I really do um, but here's this thing that we have to be aware of in Isaiah uh, chapter 58 and 11. I'm going to start there. Oh, I'm going to start back farther than that. I'm going to start in verse 8, actually. And, and Claire was talking about this a little bit. And I've shared it with you about the lighthouse and all these things here. And then thy light shall break forth as the morning and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. Notice something different here. I notice in the translation. Here I am. And what did he, he used the term, the phrasing was, uh, here am I, or 
you know, the, you have a different phrasing on this, but I'm just, from my perception, I could be wrong, and it could just be a matter of the phrasing or, or areas that they lived in geographically, I don't know. But it sounds more specific. Here I am, talking to that one who is in tears. Here I am. I'm here for you. Here I am. I hear your cries. I'm here. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity, what's being interpreted here is that when you point your finger at someone in accusations, in accusation, in condemnation, in blame, you point your finger and sometimes you wag your finger and you just sort of pump your arm back and forth to emphasize and you're pointing and I'm pointing, pointing, pointing. Your fault, you did this and you're wrong and this and that and thus and thus and, and you just go at somebody and speaking vanity to vaunt thyself, which is this individual that I deal with at work. But my dealing with him is to walk away. The Spirit says just to walk away because he will continue to go and press and press and press. I'm not about that. If thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and the darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. The Lord promises to guide and be with us. There he promises in all these in all the darkness and things that are going on that he will be with us. He, and he tells us, he promises in Deuteronomy, in Joshua, in all places, and in the New Testament, Jesus spoke this. I am with you wherever you go. Jesus said, I am with you until the end of the age. Don't be afraid. Be of good courage. Be strong. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you all the time. I may not be seen because I have to go to heaven. Because those who are of this world decided they wanted to crucify me instead of hearing my truth. They didn't want to hear the truth. They wanted to hear the lies. They wanted to penalize. So they hung me on a cross and they crucified me. But what they didn't realize <laughs> is that they still had an opportunity for redemption. They can repent. They can pray. Doesn't matter what they have, what they think their net value is, it doesn't matter. They just pray forgiveness. So here's another labeling and, and the spirit just brought my eyes to this. In Jeremiah chapter 23, we're doing the uh, regula fideli, rule of faith, Old Testament, New Testament, New Testament, Old Testament. Read from the front of the book of the Bible to the end of the book of the Bible and from the end to the front. And you will see words, new words, new testimony.
so in Jeremiah chapter 23, woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Those, there are those that call themselves ministers, pastors. They're supposed to be a hireling of the good shepherd. Who is the good shepherd? The good shepherd is our Lord Jesus Christ. He would go to the one. These individuals that call themselves that self-proclaimed, many are. They have no formal teaching. They have no theological degree, as I have no theological degree, but I'm not calling you to be in my congregation. I'm just calling you to hear the truth, the word of God, as God allows me to speak it. And God has decided that this platform that I use, his platform, his podcast, that he's allowing me to speak, I speak his truth his knowledge and his wisdom, not for my vanity. My name is taken off of this. I I wasn't trying to be vain, but I had my name on it. Didn't belong there because it's not my podcast. It's not my platform. It's his truth, his knowledge, his wisdom, and his platform, his podcast that he's allowing me to do, blessing me to share his word with those out there and to be able to go into his treasury, the word of God into his treasure house and draw from the shelves. And the bounty is immeasurable. I've shared with you the vision that he gave me of this, the walking to the door. And it was so massive. There was no way that I was going to open this door. And there stood an angel of God that opened the door to the treasury and allowed me to enter It was, I couldn't see the back wall. I could look to my left side, to my right side, and I couldn't see the wall. And I tilted my head back and I looked to the ceiling and could not see the ceiling. And it was bright as the noonday sun, shimmering and shining from the minerals and the precious metals, filled the shelves. And he allowed me to go to the shelf. And with a basket, I could put my hands in as far as I could and sweep the shelf and pull those gems and minerals into the basket and take them out with me to share. That is this word that I am sharing with you, his treasury that he allows me to share with you all as a conduit for that. And then as I'm departing and I turn and I look over my shoulder, that very shelf that I just swept empty is bubbling up like an artesian again. And it is filled as if I never touched it. This is how God's bounty is. Endless. And his ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts are so much higher. And people, they try to figure out, what does that mean? What is God? What is it? They're trying to figure out. And there are actually those vain individuals that say, Oh, I got him figured out. I know what he is. I know what this is all about. And it got not a clue. Not a clue. And then, of course, there are those that are going to think that they have it figured out. And 
they teach falsely and false doctrines, but continually, continuing in Jeremiah 23. In chapter 23, verse 2, Therefore thus saith the Lord of God, Lord God of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people, ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whither I have driven them, and shall bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking with the Lord. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. A king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. This is a prophetic word of Lord Jesus from the Old Testament, but those words speaking of the pastors the elders of the churches. It is as relevant today as it was then written. And the prophetic word of the Lord Jesus coming is as relevant to today as it was then. Jesus is coming. He is coming. And he will execute judgment and justice to the earth. The hosts of heaven will come. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, The Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth, which brought up and which led their seed of the house of Israel out of the north country and from all countries whither I had driven them and they shall dwell as their own land. Jesus is coming again. This is specifically a prophetic word from Jeremiah to the children of Israel, but it is also a prophetic word to us now. The Lord is coming. He promised to come again. And he's coming, indeed coming, and he's coming to ensure our passage and safe passage to home. I've shared with you a number of times, this is not my home. I'm looking forward to going home. And there are many, unfortunately, they, the label heads, they talk about this being their home. And when you talk about Satan, what Satan is doing and what his movement is, and they don't want to hear about that because they think that that's glorifying Satan and testifying to him and that we need to and they're true to one point that we need to focus on the Lord because he is our Lord God. We don't focus on Satan, but don't dismiss him either because that is exactly what he wants us to do. He wants us to just dismiss him. He wants us to picture him as being that little cartoony character that poof, he's on your shoulder, poof, he's gone and back and forth and be that little cartoon character. No, no, no. 
Satan is a very real enemy. Satan is very real. And Jesus, our Lord God, said he saw Satan fall as lightning. And he came to Jesus when Jesus was fasting and was in the wilderness. He came to Jesus and he took Jesus then because he thought Jesus was absolutely at his weakest point. And he showed himself. Why did he do that? Because he didn't trust his minions to be able to handle Jesus because of Jesus' authority as the only begotten Son of God. What Satan vainly didn't figure on is that the authority was over him as well, which Jesus has actually given to us. Oh, yes, he has. Go back into the book of Luke. Check it out. Read specifically what the word says. Nah, let's change it. I'm going to go look it up. And I'm going to read to you specifically what it says. Because it is very specific. Very specific. I want to make sure I get to the right spot and to the right words. I'm going to get over here. Oh, goodness gracious. Now I lost it. Oh. This is in Luke chapter 10. And after those that went out that Jesus sent out to them. In Luke ten eighteen, And he said unto us. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit because I take this as a very personal scripture. And you have to understand that as a true believer in Jesus Christ, Lord God's only begotten son that came to the world, you can make the scriptures personal. Paraphrasing into this, making it personal. God doesn't mind that. He just doesn't want you to rewrite it. I'm not rewriting it. I'm just making it very specific to me. And you can do that same thing to you because he said this to us as believers in the in the holiness and the Holy Trinity and believing that Jesus Christ is only begotten son. We are his disciples and we are sharing his word and changing this to be a more personal word for us because we are disciples and we, and though he is saying it to those that were physically right there in front of him, he's talking to us. And he said unto me, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and to over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Satan has no authority over us unless we give it to him. He has no authority, but if we freely give it away, this is why he can't and not supposed to be able to take our joy, except that I hear individuals say, oh, I have no joy today. Satan's robbed me of my joy today. Well, no, he didn't. You gave it away. Happiness can be withdrawn. The circumstances around you are not very, the happenings are not very happy so that's kind of taken away but the joy of the lord is your strength and if that joy that he put into you remain and then you're you have joy and it strengthens you you might not be particularly happy at that time but the joy is not gone but there are individuals that will say that oh my joy is gone i have no joy because why they try to 
interact the two. They think they're synonymous. Happiness and joy is not synonymous. You really have to understand this. You have to get into the word of God and understand that happiness and joy is not synonymous. There are many things in the Bible that individuals will try to... um, What's a word that everybody would understand? There are many words that are shared as being synonymous one with another. Um, They're not. They're very different. And it's that way in description of this world and people kind of miss this out. As you see, and you have to understand, see, this is not my home. This is where I reside. There's a difference. Where you reside does not necessarily make it a home. It's a residence, but a home is full of family, love, memories, goodness, and above all, the Lord should rule that house. Billy Graham shared this, and I'll share it with you again. I've shared it with you a few times before, and I'll keep sharing it because it's true. Billy Graham says, my home is in heaven. I'm just traveling through this world. And I share with you that I am on a work visa here from my Lord God Almighty. That he gives me a work visa that I am to share his truth, knowledge, and wisdom. And not for my vaunting of my position in any way, shape, or form. This is the word of my Father, my Lord, my God. Sharing the gospel of Hashem, Lord, my God. The gospel, Yeshua. Jesus, the Christ, anointed of God, who came and sacrificed himself for me. What was he thinking when he came? He was thinking about me and the world. For God so loved the world. For God so loved me. He sent his only begotten son. And a lot of people get their knickers all twisted up about this stuff, but if they were actually speaking truth out of knowledge and wisdom from the Lord instead of their own vanity, they would know that what I speak is on the mark. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And there are many that will decry separation. It's going on now. You look around this world and there's derisiveness, separation between black and white, Native American and white, Native American and black, Native American and Mexican. Everywhere around you look, it's not just between black and white. It's between all 
there are individuals, and then they cry out racism, and they point the finger at racism, racism, racism. This is what the Lord was talking about in the book of Isaiah. What are you doing? You're pointing your finger at blame. The only place that blame comes from, accusations come from, is from the devil. He blames, he condemns, and he points the finger, and then he gets everybody all stirred up and agitated that they accept that as truth. It is not truth. False evidence appearing real, driving fearfulness. God does not mind that we're afraid of things. He knows that that's going to be the, the case. He knows that that's true. But he also knows that he is our upward strong tower. We need to remember to go to him instead of others of mammon. People seek the answers from mammon that are not available because they're only available from God. Seek his face and he will surely be found. Seek and he shall find the truth, the knowledge and the wisdom of the Lord God Almighty. Study to show thyself approved and it will be a fatness to the marrow of your bone. It will increase and strengthen you. That comes from the word of God. Stay in the word of God. Study it. It's like a, a feeding. It is the power of the word of God. His truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom. And it's easy to become an adopted Heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven. It is very simple, actually. And there are individuals that will try to make it more pompous and more circumstantial than it needs to be. Because I share with you this. It needs not be a huge fanfare and a parade going down the street. Doesn't need that. All you have to do is say, I do, I will, let's go. I do believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten son, Father. I will have faith in you, Father God. And Holy Spirit, let's go down this path together. I do, I will, let's go. Pretty simple. You can do it by yourself in your house. Or you can get someone from the church to pray with you. Doesn't matter. All God wants is that you bring your heart to him. There are many things on this earth to be afraid of, but don't be fearful because that is the direction that Satan wants to bring you. Because when you're fearful, you run the wrong direction. When you're fearful, you lash out and you react in ways that you would not normally do. I'm going to share with you right quick, and then I'm going to close this up. I had an incident that happened at work the other day. And the Holy Spirit took it and turned it all, all the way around. I, get, I still get this little, um, I still get this tudinal thing going when people throw this racism up in my face and all this stuff and accuse me to be something that I'm not. I've also shared with you before, I'm not white. Okay, I may look very Caucasian, but that people are not looking at my olive complexion. But I am actually Native American, probably about as much Native American as you can possibly get. 
My maternal grandparents, full-blood Oneida Indians. My father, Choctaw Potomotomy mix. So I'm about as Native American as one can get. But because of Hippocrawood displaying and depicting Native Americans as being very dark-complected, long, straight black hair, and they can't grow facial hair, well, that's not true. Inuits grow facial hair. My ancestors, I have old tin types of ancestors up in the Northeast Woodlands. They have facial hair. And they have fur hats that they made. And they're 100% Oneida. My ancestors were many of the first Native Americans that were seen by uh, Europeans when they came here. They were also uh, watched and they encountered those people from Europe that brought slaves here. And they didn't like that, so they helped slaves to escape. They hid them, they fed them, they clothed them, they even adopted them into the nation. But anyway, this woman was very upset because I went a little bit past where she thought I should have been with her. But it was very dark and it was nighttime and and in there. And she got very upset and started throwing that stuff out there. And, and uh, I became agitated. But then after, when I, I got up to help her come out, we both just stopped for a minute. And before I helped her to get off, I I just told her. I put my hand on her arm and I looked up. And I said, Donald, I'm really sorry. I said, we shouldn't have reacted that way. We, And she just started kind of tearing up. And she goes, I'm so sorry. She said, we shouldn't have said that thing. I said, that's right. I said, we have to take care of each other. And this black woman, older lady, she just looked at me and she's like, I know you're not racist. She goes, and I'm, I'm sorry. I should never have said that. And we just continued comforting each other. And then when we stepped off out into the darkness, I knelt down beside her and we prayed together. And she hugged my neck and I hugged her neck. And I just said, Don, we'll take care of each other and I will take care of you much better off. And I'm so sorry that you were afraid. And what this all stemmed from was her fear. She'd been attacked, she'd been robbed, and she was very afraid to be out by herself constantly looking around. And fear does things. If you're fearful, it will cause you to react and be different than what you normally are. So I prayed the comforture in her heart. I prayed for this stuff and we just hugged each other. We forgave one another, each other. And, and it was, I didn't shoot out the bullet prayers I should. <laughs> Remember those bullet prayers are just a quick trigger prayer to the Holy Spirit, to guard the tongue and to be mindful of others. And we have to be that all the time. Not to justify what I did by any way, shape or form because it was just wrong, period. But I tell you, some of the areas that I have to work in and go through and travel through and things, I am seeing that whew, Satan is really pushing hard. We need to keep one another uplifted in prayer. And that doesn't just mean that brothers and sisters that are coming into the front door of the church that we attend we are to pray one for another. Remember what Paul wrote to Timothy and he told him that we are to pray for the kings and the princes and those that are in authority. And what, that's Bible speak for presidents, governors, mayors, all of those. And you cannot tell me 100% and comfort of your own mind truthfully that you believe that every governor, mayor is following the letter and truthful and honest 
and believing the Bible. I see too much that is contrary to that truth. But we still must pray for them. Pray for them so that we can lead a peaceful life. Pray for them for the strength so that they can repent and turn and say, this is what we should be doing. It is possible to do. It's not us to uh, forestall judgment on them and that we say it'll never happen, so I'm not going to pray for them. That is contrary to what the Bible tells us that we must do. God tells us that we must pray one for another through Jesus Christ, his testimony, in his way. We must pray one for another, uplift one another, uplift the body. Not just the brothers and sisters that have been adopted into the kingdom of heaven and go to the church and study the word. Pray one for another. Repentance. Salvation. Is real and relevant and is given to us to share with others. Do not usurp the authority and sovereignty of the Lord God Almighty and Lord Jesus Christ. And you decide who gets prayed for and who doesn't get prayed for. And who deserves to be saved and who does not. That is not in the authority that was given to us by Jesus. Authority that was given to us by him. Is to step on the heads and the scorpions. Those minions that work for the devil. And to stand firm against the enemy himself. That is the authority that we have. Not to decide who gets prayed for and who doesn't. That's his authority. Study the word. Stay in the word. And some of these labels that get attached. Just tear them off and throw them away. They don't belong. The only label that belongs is that. God says, you are chosen. You are mine. I know your name and I know the numbers of the head, hairs of your head. You are my child. That's the only label that belongs to me. Brothers and sisters, I pray for you. Am I going out? Am I coming in? All I pray for. Am I going out? Am I coming in? And if any of you are out here around where I'm living in Fort Worth, Texas, it's supposed to be 110 degrees a day. Be cautious, be cool, and take in hydration. Be blessed.